Welcome to Vegan Superpowers. I'm your host and resident vegan superhero, Ian Dowdy. There's a lot that can be said about a person by when and where they were born. I was born at 8.20pm on October 15th. This makes me a Libra, and lucky for us all, it's currently Libra season. This is the time where I feel most aligned with who I am. In honor of Libra season, today's guest gives us some incredible insight into the Zodiac. I visited New York City for the first time earlier this year. I was blessed to spend a beautiful early spring day in New York City with today's guest. We talked for hours and I was captivated by his wealth of knowledge, how honest and straightforward he is, and his willingness to help and to teach others through the wisdom of the Zodiac. So get out your birth chart and enjoy this interview with the very charming and charismatic Colin Bedell. Welcome to another interview installment of Vegan Superpowers. Today's guest is an astrologer by trade. He is also an author, an Instagram phenom. He has a huge following on Instagram, and he is my dear friend, Colin Bedell. Colin, how are you doing today? Oh, Ian, I am so humbled by your kind words. Thank you so much. And it is a thrill to be here, and I'm doing damn good because I'm talking to you. To add something on to the list of things you are, I think you are probably the most charismatic person I have ever met. Ian! Oh, man, this conversation is over. I can't. I love you, buddy. Thank you. See everybody later. I know, right? All right, thanks for joining us. See ya. Well, wait, and I'm not just actually doing this because uh, I want to be self-indulgent. I am curious, how do you define charisma? Because there's a lot of fascinating research out there. I'm curious. For charisma, I like this Japanese phrase because, oh. you know, my background in Japan, yes. it's norigai. Oh. So basically it translates to charismatic, but it has a deeper meaning. It means when people are captivated, they oh. follow you, they want to listen, they hang on your every word. Oh. Norigai. That's what I think you are. Oh, Ian, I'm so honored by that. And, and I was captivated by all the questions you were asking, Michelle. I obviously listened to your podcast just before we started. And I was just completely transfixed by, because I could hear the quality of attention that you were giving to others. And I actually want to say that the research around charisma is that often we think it's when people are charismatic, it's because they shine by themselves, right? A very singular, individually focused influence, when in fact... All of the pattern behavior suggests that the people who are the most charismatic are the people who speak and talk and include others in their resonance, which is exactly what you did in the conversation with Michelle. Oh, wow. Well, you should listen to some of my other episodes. I do the same in those two. I yeah, I will, because now we got to support the Air, Sign, uh, the Air Sign Brothers, baby. Yeah, 100%. You mentioned Air Sign, so I'm just yes. right into this. You're an astrologer, correct? Indeed. I am an astrologer. I love it. Can you give us a brief crash course on what astrology is? Yes, great question. So I always try to actually say what astrology isn't before I go into what it is. So astrology is not um, a belief system. There's no monopoly on truth. There's no dogma. There's no doctrine. It is a metaphysical system that was actually uh, traced, really, in the, in the Middle East but thousands of years ago. And it was the original 
searching for the uh, placement of the sun and the moon and the other planets, uh, the ones that were observable at that time and before they all were discovered, in one of the 12 zodiac constellations. So that's really the skeleton key to unlock astrology immediately is to kind of know that every conversation is exploring where's the sun, the moon, Mercury, all the way to Pluto in one of the 12 zodiac constellations. It's all about the planets and the zodiac constellations as the signs. And the placement of those planets within the 12 zodiac signs tell a larger story. Remember, not a belief system, but a story about the mythology that's available to this person. Uh, for you, for example, you are a Libra. So that is the sun in Libra. You are a Scorpio moon. The moon is in Scorpio. And that tells an astrologer what the mythological possibilities are for Ian's life. What, are, what is available to him to access in this incarnation? And if he does that, he will more than likely be very happy. And if he doesn't, it's, he might sort of feel like he's forever at the effect of chaos and randomness and despair. And we do not want that. No, we do not, because you have what astrologers call a sixth-house stellium. And so it's actually really important for Ian to have groundedness and, and a real sense of belonging to structure and consistency and reliability. It's really important for you to have that. So that's really the crash course in astrology, right? It's just kind of configuring where are the planets in one of the 12 zodiac constellations. What does that then mean for the chart holder, meaning you or me or anyone else who's getting a reading? And of course, what is happening in the cosmos currently, right? Uh, to really kind of feel like we're aligning our will or our own nature with the nature of, uh, of the stars. And when we do that, we can really actually find, I think, greater peace, uh, greater adaptability, a sense of belief and meaning in the fact that the universe is here to help us rather than harm us. And I also think there's a lot of, interestingly enough, a kind of stoic approach to astrology because there's that saying that says, one must not require a, a fig in spring because I think figs only grow in the winter or something like that. So it's really just about like aligning your desires with the schedule of the universe so that you don't want what is not available to you to have right now to really inhabit the present moment with greater clarity and, and gratitude. Wow. So what do you do with astrology? So you just list off so many amazing things, but <laughs> specifically do with it. What do I do with it? Well, what I do with it is I try to provide myself and others with a school of thought for meaning, right? Because that's what I say. It's not a belief system. Right. It's, a, it's about whether or not astrology could help others find meaning in their lives. Because as Viktor Frankl says, that we are creatures of meaning and life is suffering. And so we must find meaning in the suffering. So astrology, I think, can actually help people provide themselves with the meaning of their current experiences. Because I think with how fast, kind of the, with the age of the Industrial Revolution and so much opportunity with technology and the digital age, we have more freedom and accessibility and curiosities and appetites to receive more than really arguably ever before. And we have all of this freedom and a lot of uncertainty. And I think astrology can actually provide many people with clarity and the tools to answer their own questions. Because I can't answer questions for people, but I can reveal the choices for them. How do you go about doing that? Oh, how do I go about doing that? So I take the client's chart and put it in conversation with the current chart of the moment, right? Because obviously your astrology is just one snapshot of the greater moment. 
And then from the energy that exists between the transits currently and the energy inside the person's chart, do I let them know, oh, so you are thinking about quitting your job? Well, wouldn't <laughs> you know, <clears throat> there are transits that do support a huge leap of faith. And then I also have to tell people, like I just said to a client today, actually, it's not the time to put your roots down. Yeah, so I could understand his longing for feeling like, I really want to feel stable. I really want to feel grounded in my home. And, you know, based on what was happening, I'm like, I think a lot's going to happen. But your passion for finding belonging is actually with another human being and not for a place. So if we can shift that perspective a little bit, then you can really feel like that passion is expressed within your life experience. But astrology is directing you to put it in the right place. So that's how I go about doing it. I need to take a step back. <laughs> Because I want my listeners to have all of the facts. Yes. Okay. Let's you do it. You mentioned a chart. Yes. What is a chart? A chart. Great question. It is an astrological snapshot. It's a circle divided into 12 sections of the northern and southern hemisphere based on the person's location of birth in addition to their exact date and time of birth. Because... We, we know that all of the planets rise in the easternmost hemisphere and set, and set in the westernmost hemisphere, right? Yes. And so the chart of the person's birth is calculated by the location of those planets in the east, the west, the south, or the northern hemisphere based on their time of birth and their location, right? So I had mentioned earlier that you have a stellium in the sixth house because you were born right after sunset. Yes. So the sun was in the southern section of the chart. Right, you're a nighttime chart technically. I actually, had to call my mother and have. She didn't remember my birth time, so she had <laughs> my birth certificate and find out. Yeah, a lot of mothers don't because you know they're a little busy with their hands tied. But some yeah. are like, oh yeah, I remember clear as day, one forty-seven p.m. It's when uh, Days of Our Lives was on, and <laughs> that whole story, I love it. And but yes, to my mom, it was her birthday. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Two Libras. See, isn't that gorgeous? And that explains that the chart, well, the chart of that moment calculates exactly where you find your source of power, where you find your emotional safety, what things you find desirable and attractive in the sex or sexuality that you are attracted to, what excites you, where your ambitions are, what erotically arouses you. There's so many conversations that astrologers can glean from the chart. And again, it is a circle with 12 sections based on the proximity of the constellations and the planets in the northern and southern hemisphere at that person's moment of birth. Your sign. Can you tell us a little bit about your chart? Ooh, okay. Getting deep. Flipping the yeah. script. I am a Gemini, Gemini sun. I was born on May 24th, 1989. And I am definitely a consummate Gemini. I am a twin, and they are the sign of the twins. And Lord knows I love the communication industry, let me tell you. Researching, I love analyzing, I love speaking, I love listening, I love reading, I love putting what I find really interesting in conversation with other things that I find really interesting. I'm a, a big proponent of multidisciplinary education. Fascinated by the way people verbalize their ideas. I'm fascinated by the way people actively listen. And that's very much the Gemini trade. And I'm also really fascinated with the connections that we can find, because as I said to you in your reading, because you're a Gemini rising, that's what we have in common in our charts. Yes, indeed, that the Gemini is the introduction of a human being in astrology. They're the third sign of the zodiac, and they follow Aries the ram first, Taurus the bull second, and they are Gemini the twins third. And what's beautiful about the introduction of Gemini as that symbol of the twins 
is it reminds us that people appear in partnership from the beginning for a reason. Because as Esther Perel, my favorite couples therapist, say that the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our life. And if we could hold that truth in our hearts from the very beginning, we can engage with every other meaningful aspect of our life with a completely different foundation and playing a completely different game on the earth. And that's what Gemini teaches us, I think. And I think that is very powerful. Yes, yes. And you know, because you're a Libra, which is also a highly relational sign in the field of romantic relationship, right? So Gemini just introduces the idea of partnership. So that could be familial, friendly, professional, just completely, you know, stranger. I just met you. It could be that. But Libra really has a bailiwick over romantic connection. And so Gemini and Libra are deeply fascinated about how other people can feel more connected and find a sense of belonging. And I have my moon in Capricorn, which is why I certainly kind of dance a little bit more on the side of uh, tough love. <laughs> Try to be gentle in my approach. I do, I do, I do, I do. But when my moon sign is hijacked, I just definitely do the share moonstruck, snap the fuck out of it, right? Because I think, you know, we could certainly stop coddling ourselves in a lot of areas. Yeah. And then I have a, a Leo rising, which uh, certainly helps in the fact that if I have to speak publicly or do a work on camera or any kind of media uh, realm, that rising sign fortunately gives me a lot of comfort to do that because I'm going to make mistakes and I don't care. I'm just going to fucking do it. So there we go. That's my top three, baby. That is a great mentality to have. You know, it's like, fuck it. Like cameras are rolling. Things are crazy. I'm going to screw up, but I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm not playing it safe and small and insecure and contracted in my life. So if I have to make a couple of mistakes to show the fuck up as authentically and exactly as I am, that's the cost of admission. So be it. And mistakes are not the end of the world. No, no. And we all make them. And thank God that was the research that we spoke about in our reading. Dr. Brene Brown really helped me understand is that these experiences of mistakes that are completely unavoidable. But you got to ask yourself, you know, is, is that going to stop me from participating? Is that going to stop me from contributing because of that fear of mistake? Oh, God, what are the critics are going to say? Who gives a shit? We're all making mistakes. So like lights, camera, action. Let's do this. I got to go. Listeners, please take Colin's advice. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You know, I mean, if it's if it's not the end of the world, we're all going to have these imperfections, and that's okay. And that's the beauty of just being human, and also the fact that you know, if you're brave with your life as you are, you know, that's the concept of the superhero theme that you're speaking about all the time. If you're brave with your life, you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. But that's the whole daring greatly quote that Brene Brown borrowed from Theodore Roosevelt, which says it's not the critical counts. The credit belongs to the man who's in the arena and who's who may get his ass kicked, essentially. But at least he did so daring greatly. And if you're a punk ass sitting on the sidelines telling me how to do a better job and you've never done anything brave a day in your life, you can kindly shut the fuck up because I'm not interested in a goddamn thing you have to say. I love it. <laughs> you know, that's it, baby. And you, but if you said, Colin, look, just want to let you know, you missed the mark a little bit over here. You forgot this piece of literature. I'd be like, thank you, Ian, because you play big with your life. So I take your feedback seriously, right? But all the punk asses who think they're fucking, you know, telephone tough guys, keyboard critics, I don't give a shit what the fuck they have to say over my mistakes. That is such a great mentality to have. You know, that's it. Yeah, don't get me started on that. I can fly the hell off. So, yeah. Colin? 
every Monday when I'm eating my breakfast at work, do you know what I do? <laughs> I think I do, but I'd love it if you tell me first. Go ahead. <laughs> I read your horoscopes. Oh, thank you. I'm just about to write them. Yes. Yes, thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy. Uh, of course. Listen, you are not a waste of time at all. This is exactly what I would want to be doing. Thank you for reading my horoscopes. That means the most to me. Seriously, thank you. When, Of course, you're welcome. But when I sit down and read your horoscopes, it's like you're talking directly to me. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That makes me so I happy. I want to know, what is your method, if you would care to share a little sure. secret or two? How yeah. Write such perfectly accurate horoscope <laughs> after week. Oh boy, great question. So fortunately, uh, there are a lot of kind of resources for astrologers to a to be able to discern what particular transits are happening across the zodiac in that week, and then those transits as, uh, will impact each sign very differently, right? Because of the the distance between those transits and their own astrology, that's a whole nother advanced level. But yeah, so those resources really help. I have the ephemeris and I have other planetary guides. And uh, then really from there, it's all interpretive, right? So I have to kind of interpret how does this energy impact each sign differently? You know, do certain signs struggle with making a commitment or do certain signs struggle with just the uncertainty aspects of it, right? So I try my best to speak to each zodiac sign like they're someone I love, like a friend. And I, I really feel that at this point, I know how Libra would like the feedback presented to them. And I know how Cancer would, Scorpio, Gemini, Taurus, Leo, Aries, all of that. And so it's really important for me to kind of use astrology as that tool of, you know, individualized support rather than one size fits all kind of feedback, because that's the beauty of astrology is that each sign is important and all of them are special, but none of them are special for that way. And so you really want to make sure that you're speaking to them in the way that they understand it. And I'm so, so, so glad that you feel that from my work because I, I make a very conscious effort to ensure that. So I really appreciate that feedback. Thank you. And I really love that you say it's like you're speaking to a friend because totally when I read it, that's how I feel. Oh, yes, yeah, exactly. And that's how I want to talk to my Libras. Go ahead. You mentioned transits. Mm -hmm. So just because some listeners might not be familiar. Right. Can you please explain what a transit is? Yes, absolutely. I apologize for that. So, <laughs> okay. I know the tra I know because I just forget. You're like, what's the skill set? Okay. So, transits. Transits are the, the location of the planets currently or in the future, right? A few weeks from now, a few days from now, in one of the 12 zodiac constellations. So, you, when you hear the word transit, you always want to know that these are things of the moment that are about to happen or that are currently happening. And then the natal chart is really specific to the person's birth date only. And then the transits on top of that natal chart is the data that the astrologer gleans to give you the most accurate reading. Okay. So that's, that's how those two interact. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yes. We will be back with more vegan superpowers right after this short sponsored break. Today's episode of Vegan Superpowers is brought to you by Zone Nutrition in Taylorville, Illinois. If you were just starting your fitness journey, or if you are a seasoned lifter, Zone Nutrition has exactly what you need. The Zone Nutrition team will give you their honest opinion on every item in their store because they have tried it and tested it. I recommend you try their in-house brand, Lockup Labs. Lockup Labs supplements were carefully and meticulously created by owner John Millette. 
Lockup Labs has everything you need from the best pre-workout out there, King Pump, all the way to a delicious vegan protein. While you're at it, make sure to check out their clothing line, Gym Life, designed and created by John Millett. Search Zone Nutrition on Facebook for location and hours. Tell the Zone Nutrition team that Ian from Vegan Superpowers sent you. I think recently in the popular lexicon, we have an, an astrology phrase that has becoming more and more popular, and that is Mercury retrograde. Yes. I think Mercury retrograde is the mad boy of astrology. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Would you, would you like me to explain this crazy phenomena? Could you please explain it for us? I would be honored. Well, first of all, I want to say uh, well done to not say Mercury in retrograde. Right. So that's always helpful to know that it's just Mercury retrograde. Mercury is retrograde. It's an adjective, not a place. I've been around the solar system a few times. Yeah, you know, and you definitely I'm sure your friends and partners certainly help. They know how to tell you. No, no. Uh, so Mercury retrograde is an is a transit that occurs three to four times a year, because since Mercury is the planet closest to the sun, it's one year is 88 days. In Earth time, it will retrograde more frequently and for short and sudden bursts, given the fact that it moves very quickly, it's lightning fast, and it just has a very irregular orbit. So that's why it's three to four times a year. Now, what happens in the Earth plane is all things that Mercury rules, which are transportation, technology, communication, and commerce, will go a little nutty, right? Yeah. Because it is retrograde. Now, does that mean that, you know, for those three weeks, uh, the vast majority of us are fucked with a capital F? No. Uh, what it does, though, inspire us to do is really flex our adaptability, flexibility, and curiosity musculatures. I like this. Yep, because we all know that we love certainty. Yes. We hate ambiguity, right? But Mercury is that energy that says, oh, sweeties, on your best day, you using your best thinking, you still couldn't ascertain just how gloriously fucked up the commute could be, how transportation can shut down, technology can just pull the plug. And then what are you going to do? You're going to sit down and quit or are you going to keep it moving, you know, bloody knees and all? What choice do you want, right? That's a Mercury retrograde invitation. And also we want to do any verb that starts with R-E. So return, right? Retrograde, R-E. Return, review, reunite, reassess, reformulate, research, review, all of those things. To also tend to outstanding projects from the past. Because in addition to, you know, because I feel like with, with you and I, we have similar charts in that when Mercury retrograde, it disrupts our plans, disrupts our routine, right? So that's where we get fucked. Whereas for others, it takes all the things that they shoved back in the metaphorical closet and it's like, hey, remember me? I'm the bill you forgot to pay. I'm the conversation you ignored. I'm the conflict that you avoid. And you better sort me out because it's only going to get worse. So that's what happens. Now, if we go into these experiences, regardless of the racket that we're bringing into it, right, with a sense of radical responsibility and curiosity, we could actually be so pleasantly surprised by the universe, it's not even funny. Each Mercury retrograde for me has gotten better and better because my tools have gotten stronger and stronger. And I have been just so enchanted by how amazingly serendipitous and unforeseen and surprising the universe can be. Because like you, I really love plan, routine, consistency, and reliability, which is great. But I can accidentally engineer a lot of spontaneity and surprise and mystery out of my life. 
right? But when Mercury turns retrograde, I just go, all right, I'm going to throw these plans out the window and just, I'm going to let the universe take the wheel. And then I meet these fascinating people. And the next thing I know, I'm in a hot tub under a disco ball wanting to kiss a boy. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? And it feels great. It feels great just to let the world surprise you for the better. It's great. So yeah. that's my whole spiel about Mercury retrograde. I am a little biased because it turns out I was born under one. So, you know, and my parents have definitely the delivery story to prove it. Their, their car died in the driveway while my mother was pregnant with twins. On the way to the hospital, the fucking motor just took a shit, right? And then it was just, it was chaos after chaos on the way. Um, So I'm a little biased about this placement, but uh, I really love it. So hopefully Mercury retrogrades us and scarier people. They can can be prepared and they can make the most of it. It's a really wonderful opportunity, period. And that's that. I appreciate your positive outlook on it because a lot of the stigma around Mercury retrograde is all doom and gloom. Oh, yeah, right. I know. And well, that's because what is doom and gloom? Uncertainty, right? We don't want to wrap our minds around it. And the fact of the matter is the universe doesn't owe us any of that. No. No. So that's why it's like it's only doom and gloom if you're a black and white binary, this or that, either or thinker. And then you're going to get your ass kicked. But good, because you want to look your control freak in the eye and kind of say, what have you done for me lately? Not a lot. Need that ass kicking. Exactly. And I think that's where Mercury Retrograde can get the reputation it's gotten. And listen, the universe, I believe, and this is an Einstein quote, that the single greatest choice we'll ever make is whether or not we live, we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. I believe we live in a friendly universe. And so I'll always interpret the transits as invitations and opportunity periods because the universe isn't out to harm us. We are out to harm each other. Nobody gloriously self-sabotages quite like human beings, right? And Mercury retrogrades remind us of that, like, shit, this is where I miss the mark, right here. This is where I blow it every time. Am I willing to do it differently? I should be. Or how many times am I going to keep making these choices and expecting a different result? My mind is blown by how <laughs> much you know on this subject. You- <laughs> oh. You are an expert in all oh, astrology. No, I'm, oh. I'm, hoping I'm making you blush. I am. I'm blushing. True Libra fashion. Thank you, sweetheart. I try. So how did you know that this was what you were meant to do? And how did you come about all of this knowledge? Can you give us insight into this? Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I, uh, I'm humbled. There's so much more I have to learn. Uh, but... I've been actually just really curious about astrology since I was 12 years old, which uh, is not a surprise for intermediate advanced astrologers because really monumental things happen when we turn ages that are divisible of 12. So anyway, but I started learning when I was 12. My mother spoke about it really colloquially in the home. Uh, You and I are blessed. We have wonderful mothers, aren't we? It's like, once you have that, such a half a step ahead. So we, she just spoke about it all the time in the home, and I was just real fascinated by why people do what they do and why others are different, why other people have things in common. Like, what, is, what are the patterns that are emerging here? And I was always, always, always studying the behavior and the choices of others. And astrology gave me a language and a vocabulary to really locate the passions, the curiosities, the blind spots of each archetype. And it was really just something that I had a deep psychological imperative to constantly explore. As I'm sure everybody listening, they know 
what they can't help themselves talking about, researching, looking up and talking about with other people. They know what that topic is. Absolutely. They know what it is. I started my website, Queer Cosmos, in June 2017 as an astrology space for LGBTQ plus allies and anybody who's interested in the way that astrology and universal spiritual themes can be explored. And then two weeks later, I was fired from my day job. And so I started the career really out of necessity. I didn't have a choice. And I think I'm so glad that I saw it as such because I, I knew at that moment, all right, well, is this what you want to do, Colin? Because you've certainly been studying this for a fairly long time and you can't really do anything else. So you might as well. And then that's where it started. And then tragically, a month later, my very best friend passed away from a freak accident. And it was in that moment when I was certainly, because when you're exposed around death, you just know that you have to respond to your own life with a more fullness of life. And it was, it was a combination of those things and really just saying, okay, I don't want to do anything else other than this career. I want the fullness and the vitality in my life because my friend is no longer here. I have to do this for me. I have to do this for her. And I want to be of service to other people. And then ever so beautifully, the universe has provided a significant amount of opportunities to make that happen, of which I am grateful for every single day. And so it's really just been out of necessity. I did not know how to do or think about anything else. And here I am. Living it every day of your life. Uh, yes, I try to every single day. And I am so grateful that I get to do what I love because I know that that is not everybody's opportunity. And right. I understand. Yeah, right. We talked about this. We just did. Right. And I understand how difficult that is. And I've been there. And so I, I would hope that if anybody could transfer anything from my story, it's that like, it's not personal. It's really just these are universal laws. You know, each and every one of us, according to our charts, has a specific function and a mission to fulfill. And if we allow ourselves to start to take the steps towards the reaching of that and expressing it and following the bliss, as Joseph Campbell says, then we will be supported in its expression. As we said yesterday in our reading, why would the universe give us these astrologies without them providing us with the means of its accomplishment? Why? It wouldn't work like that, right? Yeah. But again, we self-sabotage. We get afraid. We get nervous. Oh, I'm not good enough. And then, oh, but maybe when I am good enough, then the ego goes, oh, who do you think you are? So there's no winning there, right? And uh -huh. you might as well just go, fuck it. This is what I got to do. I'm not going to be a punk ass. I'm not going to shrink up in my life and I'm not going to be grandiose either. And I'm going to own my sacred space. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I think I'll be supported in every which way direction in that, in that mission. Absolutely. So two things really quick. Yes. I'm sorry for rambling. Go ahead. I want you to talk as much as possible. <laughs> the season finale of season one of vegan superpowers was an episode I did on Joseph Campbell's A Hero Has a Thousand Pieces. So when you mentioned Joseph Campbell, my heart just lit up. Oh, he, his work, his documentaries, his lectures on Spotify. I could swan dive in his, in his material and just never stop swimming in it. Yeah. The second thing that I wanted to mention is you came into astrology as your career. It was, it's very kismet. Do you think that the universe gave you a sink or swim kind of? You know? Ooh. Yeah. 
I do. And I like that you allowed the element of free will there, because I think where people go with astrology is they assume there is no space for that nuance of free will. Right. Right. And yes, I think it was that sink or swim moment. And what I was met with is the fact that I was not lucky and forward moving in applying for, you know, the income secure jobs, the risk averse professional opportunities. There was no ultimate progress there. And so my life experience was basically just saying, you're, swing, you're sinking there. Shouldn't you then try swimming in the astrology department for a little while? Sure, you didn't go to school for this. And sure, there's really, you can't apply on Craigslist to do this, right? But you don't know that, so give it a try. And then within six weeks, I was, con- I was contacted by Cosmopolitan Magazine, who said, would you like to write our weekly horoscopes? I mean, that was just a huge moment of validation for me. Wait, stop. And- hold the phone. Hold the phone. You wrote or are writing horoscopes for Cosmo? Indeed, Ian. I have been doing so for two years. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, well, thank you. And uh, it was insane because my website went live in June, and I was contacted by them in August. Like, come on now. It's like right? nose falling in succession. Exactly. And at that time, I was on unemployment because I was fired, right, from that last job because they moved my, my company somewhere else and la, 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 whatever. And then uh, at the very last week of when I was receiving the unemployment benefits, Ian, I was contacted by a publisher and they said, would you like to write a book for us? So I just had six intensive months of heavy application of universal spiritual themes, which are each and every one of us has a function to fulfill. So you might want to start doing it sometime. Are you committed to being of service? Because that's how the universe operates. So if you use your work as a vehicle and as an instrument of service and clarity and peace on the lives of other people, you will be met with success. Would it be reasonable to assume that you'd have this chart without the means of this accomplishment? No. Stay really focused. Listen to the direction the universe has for you. And you will succeed. I think that's the best advice anyone could ever receive. Oh, yeah, right? Cause, and it's not even my own advice. It's just what I was told by the great voices and teachers in the spiritual crowd, which is that life is really complicated, but spiritual truth is really simple. And when we walk with love and committed to being of service to other people, we follow that hero's journey, right? We receive the direction of the universe. We go to the abyss. We don't run from our pain. We then receive the elixir. We bring it back to others and our lives will work. And so, yeah, that was my, that was my swim moment. And I, I, it's been, I've been swimming for the last two years and I'll probably continue till who knows. Yeah. I think you're going to be swimming for quite a while. Quite a while. And good thing I have a Mars in Cancer because I love to swim. <laughs> Vegan Superpowers will be back after this short sponsored break. Vegan Superpowers is sponsored by Run Everything Labs. In the bodybuilding world, it's safe to say that everyone knows the power couple, pun intended, Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey. An IFBB pro and former Olympia winner, Dana knows her stuff. She and Rob know that supplementation is so very important, but as it says on their label, it's not magic. You still need to put in the work. You need quality supplements with quality ingredients. And you need to know what you're putting in your body. Run Everything Labs provides just that, quality supplements. I truly believe in and use these supplements every day. 
They have a dedicated vegan line with a vegan seal of approval. If I were to buy my supplements at a big box store, I would be left to wonder what kind of fillers were haphazardly thrown in. Not with Run Everything Labs. Just check for the vegan friendly mark. They also have amazing non-vegan supplements too. Visit runeverythinglabs.com and enter code VSUPERP10 at checkout for a 10% discount from your friendly neighborhood podcast host. Actually written a few books, right? Indeed. Indeed, yes. So uh, I'm at the total of three. I, I wrote one in, uh, in June 2018, and then it came out in November 2018. That's called A Little Bit of Astrology by Sterling Press. So it's just a, a real SparkNotes version to astrology just so that people could feel like its complexities are vanquished early on. And then the second book I wrote is called Queer Cosmos, named after my site, and it's the astrology of queer identities and relationships, and that comes out this November. Uh, so that was so much fun, and that was a, probably the biggest piece of work I've ever contributed in my whole life. It really is. It was 85,000 words, enormous. Wow. Yeah, I did all the zodiac sign combinations and connected it to queer theory and also the leading evidence right now through the relational sciences because I think where astrologers really have a significant opportunity for improvement is they haven't quite yet connected their theories, which are beautiful and, and just absolutely substantial, to the leading personal growth research right now, like Brene Brown, who speaks on vulnerability, or Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen Kelly Hunt, who talk about safe conversations and marriages, or Esther Perel, who speaks on managing the paradox of love and desire. So I put those three kind of more secular research into the astrology articulation just because I really am fascinated by where spirit and science kind of meet. And that was the second book. And then the third book was all about Gemini mm -hmm. uh, because my first publisher uh, has, is writing a series all about, you know, each zodiac sign is, is, is one book. So I wrote all about Gemini and was really excited to do that because I, was, it was, I wrote it during Gemini season. So May, 20, May 20th to June 27th it was, it was the whole time it took. And I was definitely in my Gemini activity and fuckery, and I loved every minute of it. So those are the three books I have. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. I love what I get to do. I'm so grateful. It has always been a dream of mine to write a book. Oh, of course. Can of course. me personally or anyone listening advice when it comes to writing a book? Yes. So your dream will come true. I would bet money on it. Let's just start there. Thank you. And also, I obviously know you have really meaningful and impactful things to contribute based on all of our conversations and the work that you're contributing uh, with your podcast and other probably just day-to-day -day conversations that you have with others. And I think the advice I would give is if you make your book of service to others, you will get the literary contract. We got to be really careful about what what's the reason behind these books, because even with the most sophisticated and self-aware language, we can still almost sometimes be like my story, my this, me, 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 my, my, my. OK, but oh, I don't know if it will land the way that it needs to. The kind of values we want to have right now in relationship to literature is we're just the lamps. We're not the light. You know, we're the faucets. We're not the water. And so we are the containers of this information to be used of service to people who need it. 
And that's what the book is. You want to make your goal, how many words can I provide here to provide as many aha moments to the reader as possible? If you make that your goal, you'll be shooing off publishers left, right, and center. Because they'll know you're not in it for you, you're in it for others. And if you're in it for others, you'll have a library of books to contribute to people. And if I can quote Bruce Springsteen... Oh, another Libra P.S. Whoa, that, that's fantastic. Yes. Bruce Springsteen said, nobody wins unless everybody wins. Exactly. And, and you sharing a book where everybody feels, wow, I'm reflected in this paper. I'm reflected in these words. I'm reflected in this could really allow everybody to win, right? So that would be the suggestion that I would have for you and for anyone who's trying to get their book to paper is just really be clear and also master your content. Master your content because there are those who get the podcast opportunities, who get the TV shows, who get the books, right? But they're not, they haven't quite yet studied the art of being the most sophisticated people they're capable of being. And so they blow it, right? Because that's what all the success is at once. It's these kind of like spontaneous enlightenment experiences. Can you handle your own joy? Can you handle your own success? Are you prepared to stand behind your work to the critics? These are things you need to think about too, all of us, right? That's where Brene's work has been so effective for me is on learning perfectionism and maintaining resilience around comparison and scarcity. So if you pull together those values, I think that everybody could have something just remarkably meaningful to contribute. I really do believe that. Thank you for that. My pleasure. Thank you for asking. So taking a step back to uh, general notions about science, Yes. Are there any zodiac signs that have predispositions to possibly being vegan or wanting to live a life of fitness, creativity? Ooh, that's such a great question. I have seen many six-house-influenced people and Virgo-ruled people, which you have your Venus and your Mars and Virgo, okay, and a lot of six-house. I'm not just saying this because this is your chart. Really concerned with the welfare of other sentient beings and also deeply concerned with what it is that they're ingesting into their body, really kind of being fluent in the language of the body, listening to the body. Uh, so I've just seen that in my own experience. I can't say if one or more signs really have a monopoly on it per se, but I have seen Virgo and Sixth House people being deeply, deeply concerned. Aquarius too, see all of them, right? But yeah, I, I think there's real majesty in Virgo and Sixth House people uh, concerning themselves with veganism, with uh, being very clear about addressing the other suffering of sentient beings, and also listening to the wisdom of the body, being very clear about what they take in so that they can generate uh, nothing but the high vibe outward. So my next question is a little bit more about the signs. Sure. Let's say you meet a person and yes. you're talking with them, but you don't ask them, what is your success rate in guessing their sign? Okay, great question. Sometimes I'll get it right away. Uh, and others, because remember, we have the rising sign. Right. So that's the first impression generally. And I may pick up on another energy that does not match their sun sign because it's their rising sign. And then I go, oh, are you a Taurus? And they go, oh, no, I'm a Libra. But maybe they're a Taurus rising. I don't know. Right? But I, I have been known to kind of hit the money on the head with elements too. I can pick up on elements pretty quickly. Um, and then other days I just strike the fuck out altogether. So who knows? 
right? Depends on if you've had your morning coffee or not. Oh, God, yeah. If I've meditated, if I had my morning coffee, if I did my 15 minutes of cardio, yep. What kind of services do you offer? Because I know you have your website, you write yes. horoscopes. What yes. can people get from you? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, my books are out. Well, my first book is out. The two will come out uh, by the end of this year, so you can uh, read me there. You could also schedule readings with me. So I do natal chart readings, which are about 90-minute sessions where we do a deep dive into your natal chart. And then I do uh, solo return readings, which are more forecasting for the kind of like energetic weather that's ahead for the years. Uh, and then I also do compatibility readings because the relational sciences have become really my newfound favorite topic within astrology. So I love helping people particularly romantic and intimate partners get along well with their romantic and intimate partners. And I also do a Saturn return reading. So the Saturn return is a transit that occurs between 28 and 30 years old. And so if you are in that age bracket and a listener and you're looking at your life going, man, is this all there is? I could have sworn I was meant for something bigger. Could be a Saturn return impel. So I offer those readings as well. So those are my four, compatibility, natal chart, solar return, and Saturn return readings. And how can our listeners contact you? They can contact me uh, for the readings on QueerCosmos.com. And once I see that an order has been placed, I set up the, through email, uh, how to schedule that. They can also contact me on any one of my social media platforms, which is all QueerCosmos, all one word, lowercase, Q-U-E-E-R-C-O-S-M-O-S. -E -E and yeah, that's where I am, in the electronic elsewhere on Queer Cosmos. I will add links to all of Colin's socials and his webpage and everything like that. And Thank you, Ian. I advise everyone to go read his horoscopes, oh. which are absolutely free, which yes. is me because you're putting so much work and effort into that. Oh, thank you. Well, that's the thing. You know, if I was concerned about money, then it would just be all about what can I do and say to get more money. But that's not what I'm concerned about. Absolutely. And again, not because I have any sort of financial access and privilege. I don't, though I just know that this work is for the clarity and the money will come. And fortunately, over the last few years, a lot of my financial insecurities have just essentially eradicated. So, yes, and I appreciate your, uh, my, your PR and my horoscopes. That means so much to me. Thank you. I mean, they're how I start every one of my work weeks. So, uh, Well, I am going to give you a huge shout out in the Libra section. Just wait. Just you wait and see. Woo, I can't wait. Woo, yes, thank you. Colin, is there any last advice or anything you would like to say before we wrap up? Well, first, I just want to say how grateful I am to have spent this conversation with you and how appreciative I am of the contributions and the legacy that you're already extending to others. So I thank you for that, and I bow to you. The pleasure and, is all mine. Yes, and secondly, I would say that's funny just as you were asking we want to remember that there are only two emotions <laughs> and they are love and fear it would make me really happy to know that your listeners are thinking and choosing and feeling with love only i like to think that they are yeah yeah choose love that's what i would say choose love over fear well colin thank you very much this was the fastest 45 minutes that i have <laughs> ever experienced in my life <laughs> me too uv air signs just blew through it right yeah thank you very much for your time and My i'm pleasure thank you scopes on monday yes thank you and keep, keep an eye out for the shout out i'm about to give you okay we'll definitely keep an eye out for it can't wait thank you ian thanks colin bye
I am still on a cosmic high after speaking with Colin. I was lucky enough to have my chart read by him for my upcoming birthday. It was very reassuring and I came out with so much clarity around some issues that have been hanging heavy on my heart lately. Colin assured me that the universe supports me and I can say with absolute certainty that the universe supports you. Please visit QueerCosmos.com and read your horoscope for this week. Since this is midweek, I'm sure you will be able to see just how accurate and amazing Colin's work truly is. Make sure to check out his other services while you're at it. Thanks for listening, and I hope this Libra season treats you well. Stay tuned for more vegan superpowers. Bye.